1 John chapter 2, we're going to read 18, uh, 18 through 29. I'm going to read it again. I want you to listen to it. I want you to see if you can pick out uh, the ways that we can tell that we have eternal life in this passage of Scripture. Remember, that's what 1 John is all about. Knowing that we have eternal life. These promises are given to us in this book. And so see if you can pick those out as we read 18 through 29. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One. And you all have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Beginning in verse 18. Children, it is the last hour. The last hour then, if we know it was the last hour then, we know it's the last hour today. Is that not right? And so we know that time is beginning to fail us. Time is beginning to fall short and time is beginning to to come to an end. We truly believe that. We know from the time that Christ left to the time that he comes back, uh, that that time frame is, 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 is coming to an end and it's going to happen. We cannot stop that. And so he says, children, it is the last hour. And it is the last hour today. Verse 18, it says, And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore we know it is the last hour. How do we know that, that, that it's the last hour? Because many Antichrists have come. And it's not just the Antichrist that we're expecting in the end, but the, the scripture here tells us that there's multiple Antichrists. This is a big, big deal. Multiple Antichrists. And who were the Antichrists that... John is talking about here in our text. And this is why I love to preach exposition, verse by verse. It's because he's talking about those Gnostics that went against the deity of who Christ was. And I'm going to explain that to you here in just a second. These were, if you have a pen, you'll want to write this name down. Because I can't pronounce it. I'm not even going to try. Uh, D-O-C-E-T. I-S-T-S. Dostists 
or docetism. These are part of the Gnostics that taught that Jesus appeared. These are part of the Gnostics that believe that Jesus appeared as a human, but was not flesh. These were the Antichrists in that period of time. Now, I want to reiterate that for just a moment. I'm going to spell it to you again. D-O-C-E-T-I-S-T-S. The I ain't even going to say it again. D-O-C-E-T-I-S-T-S. Or the ism is this. D-O-C-E-T-I-S-M. These were part of a... The Gnostics, and if you have a reference Bible or a Reformation Bible or anything like that, you'll probably see that in your notes in your study Bible. You will see that down in your notes, and that's where I've pulled this from, uh, from here and from several other places. But this was a certain group of the Gnostics that they believed that Jesus came, but that he was not flesh. They believed that he was God, but not, and appeared as a human, but was not actually flesh and bone. John tells us here in the early church that many antichrists have come. And we have them today without a doubt. We have them today. We have them today that teach all sorts of different heresies, do we not? Yes, amen. I mean, they're, they're all over, all over the churches. Yes. And we could go into a different list of all of the different things that they teach, but... I just want to say it like this. There are those that deny that Jesus is the Christ. That they deny that Jesus is the anointed one. They go against his teaching. They go against what he, what he stands for, everything that he is. These are those antichrists. And so we have antichrists today. Verse 19, listen to what it says. They went out from us. Here's the first way we know that we have eternal life. Listen, listen to the passage. Verse 19, they went out from us. Who did? The Antichrists. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. First, the first way that we know that we have eternal life. Do you have a perseverance with the saints? Is there a long-suffering quality that you have inside of you that desires to stay with the saints of God? If you have no desire to be with the saints of God, if you have no desire to persevere with them through the thick and thin times, if all you want to do is do your thing, and leave and not be part of it or go from one church to the other stirring the pot pot stirs is what I call them going from this one to that one to that one to that one to that one never having long suffering never having perseverance with the saints always just going to cause trouble this is what the antichrist were doing I thought I'd need a microphone this morning but I guess I don't this is what the Antichrists were doing. They were going from place to place, causing trouble, stirring up people, getting all this confusion stirred up in the church, teaching false doctrines, not persevering, not long-suffering, leaving the church and leaving the early church in shambles. Yes, yes. So the first thing that we can see here, do you want to know if you have eternal life? 
Do you have a perseverance with the saints? Do you have a long-suffering with them? Or could you care less? The verse tells us, For if they had been of us, listen to what it says, For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. You can cut it up as many ways as you want. But it's, it's right here in black and white. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. There's a long suffering, a perseverance that takes place for those that are children of God. Those that have eternal life don't want to be away. They don't want to be away from the saints of God. I don't want to, I mean, I could have stayed home this morning. My doctor asked me, do you need an excuse not to have to go to church on Sunday? You just had surgery. And I'm like, no, it will be easier for me just to go to church and see my family. I would rather be there as be home. Because I, I, I love you guys and I want to be with you guys. There's an enduring quality that lives and springs up that's within inside of me yes. that I want to persevere with you. Yes, amen. Thanks. And to the end. Not just for a period of time but, and just to, to leave, but to stay and to, and to hang tight and, and to, to fellowship. Listen to what 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7 says. And we've already went over this for just a touch. Verse 1, or chapter 1 and verse 7, listen to what it says. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Did y'all see that? We have fellowship with one another. This is talking about that long-suffering, enduring, persevering quality that those that have eternal life have. We have fellowship with one another. Verse 20. But you have been anointed by the Holy One. And you all have knowledge. The Holy One spoken of in this passage of Scripture is none other than Jesus Christ. He is the Holy One. It's spoken of here in a way that it's talking about his uh, priestly, his uh, mediatorial office is what it's talking about. Anointing us with his Holy Spirit just as he promised he would back in John chapter 14. And so Jesus Christ is the Holy One here. He is the one that is anointing us with the Holy Spirit just as he promised. And this anointing gives us the ability to discern right from wrong. Good versus evil, false antichrists versus, versus those that are real. This is what the passage is about. He's saying you have the anointing of God on you, the Spirit of God on you, in you. Therefore, you know and can testify and discern whether someone is real or whether someone is fake. This is what he's talking about. This is in its proper context. Listen to what it says in John chapter 14, 25 and 26. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom all the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I said to you. Let's move on to verse 21. Listen to what it says. I write to you. Not because you don't know the truth, 
but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. The second way in our text we can tell if we have eternal life comes from knowing and believing that Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. Because see, this is what the Gnostics did not believe. They did not believe that he could be fully God and fully man at the same time. They believed that he appeared as man but was not. And this just isn't true. Y'all bear with me. If Jesus Christ wasn't fully man, he could not sympathize with us in our trials and in our tribulations. The reason why I cried out to him while I was laying in the bed the other night as I was hurting is because I know that as the great high priest, he can sympathize with my pain because he endured the shame of the cross. He was fully man. He can sympathize with us in our trials, in our tribulations. Furthermore, if he wasn't fully man, he most certainly would not have died on a cross because you wouldn't be able to kill him. (laughs) So, So he did in fact die. But this wasn't the case. He proved to be fully man in his whole ministry. He was hungry. Was he not? He was tired. Christ Jesus was tried. He was tested. You know that he got sleepy? Yes. Remember him falling asleep in the boat? Yes. He got sleepy. You know why? Because he was man. He knows what it feels like to be tired and, and sleepy. Yes. Jesus ate. He ate. He walked. He talked. Jesus even cried. He cried. For those of you that cry, do you know that our Lord Jesus cried? Yes. And so He knows what you're feeling when those drops come out of your eyes. He knows what that is. But Jesus also rejoiced. He was happy. He bled. His bones were pulled out of socket. His side was split open. And he died. Yes, he was fully man. But he was also fully God. And this is what we have to understand. For he has been given a name that is above every name. Has he not? He's been given a name that is above every name. He changed water into wine. He caused the lame to walk. He made the demons submit to him at his voice. 
He made the blind see. He raised the dead. But you know what else he did as as this man God, God man? He saved the wicked. That means us. Very much God, very much man. Verse 22, who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one. Verse 22, this is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Look at the third thing that I want to bring out this morning to you to show uh, eternal life. We know that our great profession of faith is shown by baptism, but there's also a great need today in the church of God for people to confess that they know the Lord Jesus Christ verbally. If you do not confess that you know the Lord Jesus Christ, then you keep your light to yourself. And if you keep your light to yourself, it's hidden under a bushel. And if it's hidden under a bushel, nobody can see it, and you ain't worth a dime. Plain and simple. Period. You want to know if you have eternal life? Do you confess that Jesus is the Christ? We have a terrible need nowadays in the church for people to confess that Jesus is the Christ. For them verbally to confess before their peers about who Jesus is to them. If Christ is your Savior, tell it and confess it. Don't be ashamed of what Jesus has done for you. This morning, if you know Jesus Christ and you know that he has saved you, confess it and make it public. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Proclaim it and don't be ashamed of it. Why don't we just say it together? Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. Say it one more time. Jesus is the Christ. Christ being the anointed one. He is. Verse 24. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. Don't be ashamed of the truth. Let it abide in you. And it will, I promise you, if you let the truth abide in you, it will cultivate a lifestyle that's pleasing to God. I promise you that it will. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. John is telling these saints, don't let the Gnostics take away what you learned from the beginning, that Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man, that he died on a cross for you and spilt his own human blood and rose again on the third day. Don't let them take that from you. Don't be ashamed of what he is to you. Verse 25, and this is the promise that he made to us. And this is the promise that he made to us. 
How amazing is this? The very best thing that we could ever have, the very, very best thing that we could ever want, dream, and desire is eternal life. Is eternal life. And this is what has been promised to us. Those that trust in Christ Jesus, those that have Him as Lord and Savior, there is a promise that we have. That we have eternal life. You know, when we think about the promises of God, standing on those promises, you actually have to know some of them to stand upon them. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) And most people, the only thing that they know is, He won't ever leave us nor forsake us. And that's enough, it truly is, to stand on that promise. But to stand on those promises looks like this. Understanding that if we are saved, we have eternal life with Him. This is a promise of God. Not only will He never leave us nor forsake us in this life, but also in the life to come. Eternal life. Eternal bliss, glory. We will be with our Savior forever. That's a promise worth standing upon. Let these truths abide in you. Verse 26, 27, 28, and 29. Listen to what it says. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. He says, I'm telling you these things because there's people that's trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you. The anointing that you receive from Christ abides in you. He says, you will know and be able to tell and discern between what is antichrist and what is not. What is false and what is true. Listen to what he says. And now little children, or I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you, but the anointing that you receive from him abides in you. It says it abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. Now he's not talking about teachers, preachers, ministers of the gospel, apostles, prophets, none of that. He's not talking about that. He's talking about that, that, that these Gnostics have, have no room or should have no room for teaching them inside of the local assembly. They, because the, the Spirit is leading them and the Spirit is guiding them. Yes. To say that we don't need uh, pastors or teachers or ministers goes against the New Testament altogether. Amen. And so he's not saying that, but he's talking, he's king back in on those Gnostics that went against the teachings of Christ. That's what it says. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Number four, the last test this morning for you 
to test to see if you have eternal life is in verse 29. Everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Do you practice righteousness? Is your heart and your lifestyle in the same lane as the Word of God? Is it in the same lane? Is the Spirit leading you into truth? And so as I close this morning, there's four things here that we see in our text that show us and that teach us about eternal life, if we have it or if we do not. Let me read them to you very, very quickly. First, those who stay with the saints. Remember that? Those who stay with the saints, those who persevere and long suffer with the saints. Second, those that trust and believe that Jesus is the Christ. Those that truly believe that Jesus, by by faith, truly believe that Jesus is the anointed one. Third, those who confess him. Those who confess him. And fourth, those who practice righteousness. Those who practice righteousness. Those are four tests that you can give yourself according to God's word in this passage of scripture to show us if we have eternal life or not. That's 1 John chapter 2, 18 through 29. Let's pray.